What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling. With four angel babies myself and two rainbow babies here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. And before we begin, huge shout out to the Radis fam on the internet the lamb fam for supporting the sponsors who support our show so we can continue to provide this weekly for free hey guys today's episode is brought to you by better help whose mission is to make professional counseling accessible affordable and convenient so anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anytime anywhere and they offered us life after miscarriage gals guys and our couples 10 percent off their first month when using the link betterhelp.com lam now let's get into today's episode Hello, everyone. We have Katura Barlow on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Did I say your name right? Yes, you did. (laughs) She literally just told me how to pronounce it, but I still somehow usually screw them up, but I'm glad I got it. Katura, I am just going to toss at you. Start wherever you would like. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me this morning. I am overjoyed. My heart is pounding out of my chest right now. I don't even think my coffee is good right now because my heart is beating so fast. (laughs) Um, Just a little bit about me. Like she said, my name is Katura Barlow. Um, I am 23 years old. I am married and I have two kids. My oldest is seven. She's my bonus daughter and she is just my ray of sunshine. I love her so much. Uh, My husband and I, we started talking and she was two so I, um, she's literally my life. <laughs> and then um, my youngest, she is 22 weeks. So I am a girl mom. And then just to give a little timeline of kind of me, um, my husband and I, we met in May of 2016. Uh, we started living together in January of 2018. Around March, we started talking about expanding our family. We were wanting another baby. Um, May 2018, we got engaged. He wanted to be with me forever, even though I gave him some tough times. He still loved me. August 2018, we found out that we were pregnant. And in that moment, I just knew that everything was going to be perfect. We were living together. I was engaged. My oldest, she was so excited for a baby. I had a really good job. His job was okay, but we were still excited because it was a new addition. Um, We got married October 5th, 2018. And honestly, that day, my husband and I can both agree that day was awful. It was a terrible day. Minus our ceremony when we walked out of the courthouse, it went back to a crappy day. That day was just awful. My husband and I, we still laugh about it. Um, So I found out that I was pregnant in August and then we got married in October. Right before we had got married, we had a little bit of issues finding the baby via ultrasound, but Obi's kept on telling me that I was a little bit early and not to worry. So we were like, okay, no big deal. And the week after we got married, we had another appointment. And the doctor told me that there was no heartbeat. 
Um, she had predicted that there was no heartbeat for a couple of weeks now. And she was asking me if I was cramping, did I have any signs of bleeding? Have I felt nauseous? And I told her, no, I felt fine. And she was like, okay, well, the baby's no more. So we are going to have to take steps to eliminate. And I said, well, no, I said, I don't want to. I said, I'd rather just let my body do all the work. I said, I don't want to do anything. So she was like, okay, the next week came and nothing. She was like, no cramping, no bleeding. And I was like, no, I feel fine. I said, I can do jumping jacks. I can do push-ups, and I don't even exercise, but I can do all of that stuff right now. Like I feel fine. And she was like, okay, well, we really need to. And I was like, I really don't want to, I don't want to. And she let me go home again. And I remember leaving the hospital thinking, this can't be real. This cannot be real. And if this is real, I want my body to tell me that it's real. Although I see it, although I can't hear anything, I hear what the doctor's telling me, but I want to trust my body. I'm, I'm terrified. And then my last appointment came and she looked at me and she said, it's time. And from that moment, I just lost it completely. I took my mom with me that last time. My husband was there with me, obviously, because um, this was before COVID. <laughs> and um, I remember my mom stopping to tell the doctor to do a D and C as soon as possible. And we ended up doing it that Friday. And when I'm nervous, I over talk. So I was in the hospital getting IVs and I'm just jabbering away, trying to get my mind off of it. And then next thing you know, I'm out of there and it's done. It's over with. And I just, I just lose it. I lose it because it's like, how could something so perfect be stripped away from me? I've only heard the heartbeat once. I've yet to see it. I've never seen my baby that pregnancy. And it just didn't feel real, but it had to be real. And I had to tune back into life because <laughs> I had my DNC on October 31st, 2018, which is Halloween. My daughter's birthday is November 1st. So I had to snap out of it. I had to get over it. We were already planning her birthday party. We already sent out invitations because you don't plan for a miscarriage. You don't plan for something like that. But in that moment, I didn't want to weep. I didn't want to cry over the loss of my baby. I wanted to celebrate with my big baby, which is what I call her. I wanted to celebrate with my big baby because it was her time. It was her moment. And she didn't know that baby sister or baby was no longer in my belly until after her birthday. So I had my miscarriage on the 31st and my oldest, her birthday was on the 1st and I had to pretend like nothing happened. Blowing up balloons and getting cake and making food. I had my sister and my best friend with me and it's like, it's like it never happened. It's like I programmed in my mind that it did not happen. And part of me was in denial. 
to where I told myself that this just, this just isn't real. And after her birthday weekend, I had to go back to work. <laughs> and not my manager, but my district manager, she came to me and she said, oh, I heard you were pregnant. I'm so proud and da 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 da, da and this is going to be so fun and I got a gift for you. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And I already told my boss because I wasn't going to go into work, but I did. So I go back to work. I'm like trying not to hyperventilate, trying not to lose it. And then she comes back out and she is sobbing. And she's like, I am so sorry. I didn't know. And I look up at my boss and my boss, her head just drops to the floor. Like, yeah, I told her I'm sorry. And I look back at her and my district manager is in my face and she's crying. And in that moment, I was like, I haven't cried about this. And I've only met my district manager twice at this point. Like, this is the third time I've ever met this lady. I didn't, I barely remembered her name. And she was crying. And all of a sudden, I just took hold of her and I just lost it. I lost it in her arms and I couldn't control myself. And it was like, I really just lost a baby. And I went home and I lost it with my husband. And that was pretty much um, my honeymoon phase. What was supposed to be my honeymoon phase of a marriage, my honeymoon phase was a miscarriage. Um, I got married October 5th. I got the DNC done October 31st. So we didn't have a honeymoon. That was our honeymoon. And it's traumatizing to think that that's how Sadly, that's how we will remember our honeymoon, how we got married, because it's something that we could just not control. So after that, a couple months went by, I'm doing my regular checkups, and my doctor, my doctor's phenomenal, I love her so much, and she's like, you'll be pregnant in no time. Normally, when you get pregnant the first time after that, you'll just be popping babies out and da 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 da. And I'm thinking, okay, I got this. I got this. I still got another chance. No big deal. What happens? I end up pregnant February. I found out that I was pregnant in February of 2019. So, of course, I'm just like, heck yeah, I'm pregnant again. We can do this. We're all so happy. I'm happy. My husband's happy. Mom's happy everybody's happy and it's like I have my second chance this, this is my chance like I'm gonna do this I'm going to do this I tell big baby I'm like yeah there's a baby in my tummy and we're all excited and you know we go in to our very first appointment and nothing and let me back up a little bit that second time I found out that I was pregnant I had no fear in the world none Despite what I had went through, when I found out I was pregnant again, I felt like I could rule the world. I was like, I'm going to do this. I had no fear. That first appointment, when nothing was there, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. And after that first appointment where she told me that, I was like, okay, well, what are we going to do? 
And my doctor was like, you don't want to wait? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, how about we wait? She talked me into waiting because I was like, I already know the process. I basically held on to my last baby for a month and it just didn't happen. So with this baby, I was like, there's nothing there. Okay, well, okay. So um, that was in February. You know, spring break is in March. Every spring break, minus this past spring break because of COVID, we uh, went down to my in-laws house for spring break and we would spend the week there. And I go on vacation and I'm like, everything will be fine. Nobody knows that like the baby was having some trouble because you know, I didn't want to tell them. So we go and I'm enjoying my time. We had such a great week and I miss my family. I love my in-laws so much and we had such a great time. And that last night, it was probably a Saturday or a Sunday because we always stay for a full week. That last night, everybody had came over to my mother-in-law's house and we were cooking. It was the last day before we all went out and we were having such a great time. And I go to the bathroom and there is blood. And I'm just like, this is it. This is it. It's happening again. And this time I was freaking out because I'm just like, hey, it's happening. I'm not even home right now. I'm not even in my own state. I live in Oklahoma and I'm in Florida right now. What is going on? So I, I, I start bleeding and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I am miscarrying in my mother-in-law's bathroom right now. Let me tell you guys something about my mother-in-law. She is the best. I don't have one of them mother-in-laws where they're like, oh, they're so rude and they just do, 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 do. No, my mother-in-law, she is the best. I can call her and be like, Wanda, your son. And she's like, get on him, get on him. You know how some mother-in-laws, they're just like, no, that's my baby boy. She's like, nope, get on him, get him, get him. So she's kind of like my own personal hype man when it comes to my husband acting up sometimes. But I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I am miscarrying in her bathroom there is my whole family out there so I'm like okay I'm like keep calm don't say anything I don't want to say anything we're all having a good time I don't want to be out there like hey I'm miscarrying because then it ruins the whole vibe I don't want to do that. that's kind of selfish I didn't even tell my husband because I just didn't so the night went on and everybody's asking me about baby and I'm just lying right through my teeth like, oh yeah, everything's good. I'm lying through my teeth and I'm like bleeding through my pants and it was, it was heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking. And the next day we leave and you know, it's a 12 hour drive. They live in the panhandle of Florida. So it's a 12 hour drive. So I'm sitting there in the car still bleeding didn't tell my husband anything my sister was with me that year we took her with, we took her with us and still bleeding didn't say anything so we finally get home and um we stopped by my mom's house to drop my little sister off and I told my mom and we talked about it for a little bit still haven't told my husband I get home 
and I go back to the bathroom and at this point I'm passing clots and I'm like okay I have to go to the ER now I'm back home I have to go to the ER I tell my husband call my mom we go to the ER and it just just goes from there it's like everything everything kind of becomes a blur and by the time that second miscarriage came, I lost a lot of quote unquote friends that I thought I had. Mind you, I'm young. Um, before I had met my husband and even a little bit after I met my husband, you know, I was leaving college. I was still partying, having the time of my life. I was traveling. I met my husband at the time when he was my boyfriend. You know, I was still going out with my girlfriends, having drinks, enjoying my time. And then um, when he started bringing his daughter around, we started becoming serious. I started letting that stuff go because it was like, okay, I'm now a role model for this kid, although she's not my stepdaughter yet, we're only dating, I let a lot of that stuff go, but it's like by the time round two of miscarriage came, I lost a lot of people, and I felt lonely. It was very lonely. And I wish that it wasn't as lonely, because I feel like in a way, there's nothing that could make miscarriage better, let me say that. But I felt like if I, just had a little bit of company, maybe, and I don't know because I didn't have it, but maybe I would feel a little more at ease with who's there for me because I had my husband and he's always going to be there for me. But beside my husband, it's like, I don't have my baby. I don't have, I don't have someone who needed me. The baby who needed me is not there and I felt like a failure I felt like a failure I put myself down so much it was like it was like yo what the heck body like you're supposed to be you're supposed to be doing this like isn't this what we're meant for like aren't we supposed to be doing this we're not doing it like what's going on like this is supposed to be something where I got you and you got me and you don't you don't have me and I felt so betrayed by my body that I beat myself up so much after that second miscarriage um I started smoking because it was it was like a getaway for me and like I just wanted something to numb the pain and my mindset was well my body's not taking care of me so let me just go and trash it thankfully thankfully I didn't smoke for long and thankfully I didn't mess up my body like how my mind was trying to make it seem or trying to make me do but I just felt so hurt I was alone I had nobody. I had the social media of, oh, everything's going to be okay. Keep your head up. Me, me, me. And I, me personally, and I don't know if anybody else is with me, but that's not, that's not something that you want to hear when you lose a baby. There's really nothing 
<laughs> that she would want to hear that can make it feel better, but I think we can all agree that that's not something that we want to hear. And what I wish I did have was someone there to hug me, someone there to keep me company. When I started everything, my, hey, you want to go out for lunch? You want to go out for dinner? We're going to go do this. It'll stop. And I wish that it hadn't because I felt so alone. All of my used to be friends, they weren't there anymore. And our girls' night in stopped happening. I used to um, have get togethers at my place all the time. And, you know, we would play Uno, we would order wings and pizza, and we'd have drinks, and we'd just play games, and that had stopped. It's like everybody felt like they had to censor themselves around me because I had lost a baby, now two babies, and it's like, guys, it's not the case. Like, I really wish that you guys were still there, and I just... Now, after going through everything that I went through, and now that I have my double rainbow baby, my outlook on miscarriage is completely different because now I'm just like, the person I wish that I had, I'm now becoming that person. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. If you need me, I am going to be here 110%. I just um, talked to somebody who just recently had a miscarriage. And you know, I didn't do the whole, oh, I'm so sorry, everything's going to get better. Granted, yes, I did give her my condolences, but it was just like, do you need somebody? I said, do you want me to, I said, I'll pick you up some dinner. We can call, we can chill at the house. We can watch Netflix. I am now that person that I wish that I had because I don't want anybody to feel like how I felt. And I took my tragedy and I'm starting to make it into something better for others and I honestly think that that's something that we need in the miscarriage community we need that uplifting of each other I feel like it's such a dark and quiet place it's not a place of comfort when I went through my miscarriage I did not feel comfort at all I felt alone and it's like since that I've been through it, I don't want anybody to feel alone. And I hope that anybody who's listening to me, I just encourage you ladies and you men to just be that person that you wish you had when you were going through it. Because I know for me personally, I almost went insane. I almost went insane. And I just feel like if I had somebody to just sit next to me, to let me know that I'm not alone, to still be like, hey, do you want to go and get brunch? And even if I said no, well, okay, well, what can I do? Nobody ever asked me what could they do to make me feel better. Nobody really asked me anything. And if you are going through a miscarriage, just know that you're not alone. When I found this podcast and I started listening to so many episodes, I was like, I'm not alone. I was never alone. There are so many people out there who's been through so much and they could be 
walking right next to you and we would never know it. You're not alone. And just know that through your tears, through your pain, through your insanity, that things do get better and it's going to happen. You're going to beat yourself up. I hope that you don't beat yourself up and your body up too bad, but you also have to forgive yourself for doing those things. And whether you have your rainbow baby or you get pregnant through IVF or you adopt or you're fostering, those babies are still your babies no matter what. And they count as your miracle babies. Um, I had friends who had babies and I considered them as mine, although they weren't mine. I still had a purpose in life. And I honestly feel like when you go through a miscarriage, when you finally have your baby or you adopt or you foster, you find your purpose again and it makes you keep going. And I just want to say that things do get better. Things will get better and then things will turn to crap all over again. Um, I now have my two and I'm not going to lie, <laughs> thinking of pregnancy scares me. <laughs> thinking of pregnancy scares the living crap out of me. But it's okay. I think it's supposed to. I think it makes you a little bit stronger. But you just got to keep pushing, keep living life, and just be that person you wish you had. Keep the encouragement going and just letting them know that you're there. You never left. And you got this. I think we all got this in the end, no matter how our story ends. We got this. And we'll all conquer it, really. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I love you. You seem like the sweetest soul ever. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, you are so sweet. Um, no, I always ask at the end of every episode, even though I feel like you've given so much advice, if you have like one holy grail piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Keep going. Yes. Keep going. Don't stop. We never know how our stories are going to end. My story is nowhere near done. I pray that I can have more babies. <laughs> even though I successfully had one, keep going. Just... There, there's more to life after miscarriage. And I know it feels like life stops, but as long as you keep going, life will keep going because once you stop, everything around you will stop. So you just gotta keep going, keep pushing. Life waits for nobody. Absolutely, I totally agree. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, you can find me on Instagram. My at handle is Key Barlow. It's K-E-Y-B-A-R-L-O-W. Um, and then on there, I also have my email attached. Um, and then if we get to talking and if you want to hear a voice, you can always call me. I'll be great. I'll be um, excited to give you my number. That way we can talk. And then hopefully I can give you just a little bit more encouragement. Ah, you are so, seriously, you are so sweet. Like I could just feel oh. it. The sweetest person. <laughs> I love it so much. Hey. Oh, you're awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. Yes. We'll have to do an update episode at some point. 
Yes, we do. We do. All right. Well, we will talk soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to share your life after miscarriage story, go to ShellyMetling.com. Click on the life after miscarriage tab and add yourself right to the recording schedule. And I can't wait to chat with you soon. This one.